maybe flip the second light in um, the larger so that people don't fall asleep too easily. And yeah, the PowerPoint would be good too. find the word. It's on here somewhere. <laughs> We've jumped straight in, so I've put myself on the spur of the moment. I just am firmly believe that God spoke to my heart on Thursday night when we were here worshipping that there's something powerful about the atmosphere we choose to live in. And there's going to be people in this place today, and perhaps it's already been done, I don't know, but the atmosphere is going to shift. You're going to make a conscious choice to change the atmosphere in which you've been choosing to live in and maybe you didn't choose it. Maybe stuff's happened out of your control and it's made life hard and you're in a situation where the atmosphere is dense and, and discouraging and you're disillusioned and you're disappointed and you're discouraged and are there any other D words? Depressed, disillusioned. Did I use that one already? Um, I don't know, but you just... Something needs to shift and this is your moment today. You're in the right place at the right time because this is God's house and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's unity and we've worshipped Him and we've honoured Him and we've praised Him and we'll probably do a bit more of that before we're done. So I hope you're ready. But you might have walked into this place and had the most difficult season of your life, but God's here to tell you I still love you. I'm still on the throne and I still want what's best for you because I'm your Lord and I'm here for you. If only you would just lean in and rely on me and not your own efforts and energy. So we're going to go straight into the Word, as I said. I'm reading from the book of Acts, chapter 16. Many of you uh, should not tune out now because you're like, I've heard Paul and Silas' story before. But no, there's something fresh and new every time we delve into God's Word. In fact, let's pray. God, we just thank you for your Word. We thank you that it is powerful like a two-edged sword that it pierces our very hearts today. And so, God, we would ask that you would uh, help us to lean in Not to be familiar, but God, to be uh, urgently seeking something fresh from you today. Shift the atmosphere of our lives because of your word today, I pray. In Jesus' name. And everyone said. So Paul and Silas are imprisoned. It says this. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. And this girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. How many of you know that would be annoying? But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when our masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, oops, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. In other words, we're not getting any money now because of them. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us because we can't be unlawful with them sprouting off what they're sprouting and doing what they're doing. So being Romans to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them. And said, well, they might take our money too, so we've got to get rid of these guys. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. Oh, so dramatic. 
And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison, just to be, just to be sure, fastened their feet in stocks. But at midnight, everyone say midnight. midnight. Who likes to party at midnight? Come on. <laughs> I'm in bed at 10 o'clock. What are you talking about? But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, I love the suddenlies in the Bible. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he was going to die anyway. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. In other words, boom. (laughs) Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into the house, he set food before them and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household, just as they had said. I want to encourage us today. That's one behind. That's all right. It's time for a shift in the atmosphere. The atmosphere of expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. Now, I can't make you expect. I can get up here and be all full of joy and try and spill it out over you, but you have to choose. I'm going to church today because God's going to do something fresh in my life. I'm not coming to church just because that's what I do on a Sunday and, oh, look, I'm late. Whoops. I'm not going just because it's going through the motions, but I am actually prepared each and every time we gather for God to do something in my life. It's not selfish to think like that. God wants to do a miracle in our lives, but he's a personal God, isn't he? He wants to do something in your life today. So if you come with expectation, things are going to stir, things are going to happen for you. The person next to you doesn't come with expectation, well, they'll get what they expect. It won't rub off on you. Your choice is to be filled with expectation, knowing that God is good all the time and all the time. So God takes Paul and Silas on this journey that we've just read about. And the journey is through a pretty dark place, landed in a place of salvation. How good is that? What was meant to be a dark place of punishment and their destruction ended up in salvation for a household. God can do that in each and every one of our lives. He can take you from that dark place and bring you on that journey to victory in Jesus' name because Jesus has gone before us and is victorious. doesn't rely on our own abilities and strength anymore because we rely on Him. See, Paul and Silas refused to allow their circumstances to dictate to their atmosphere. It's time to change your atmosphere. And we're going to talk about how we do that today. The first one's up already. Prayer. Fill your world with prayer. Paul and Silas were on their way to pray. It says in verse 16, Now it happened as we went to prayer. Prayer is our communication with God. 
And we shouldn't fall into that nasty habit where we pray to God every time we need something. We pray to God when things are tough. You know, if your life's good right now, can you pray and praise Him? Thank you, Jesus. I don't have any challenges right now. This is a miracle. You know, can anyone testify that? We've all got challenges. But when things are good, thank Him for it as well. Keep the communication lines open because you just never know in this broken world when something nasty is going to come. And if you've got that prayer life active and happening in the good times and the valleys, I guarantee you, God's going to speak to you in the midst of your challenges. You know, prayer is powerful. It absolutely is. Do you believe that today? Prayer is powerful. When we pray in the name of Jesus, we pray with the authority that he gives us when we use that name. Prayer actually shifts our focus as well. How many of you know when we're not praying and when we're going through a tough time, there's the temptation to navel gaze? I mean, poor me. Uh, everything bad's happening to me. You're looking at your belly button. There's a bit of fluff in there. Whatever. Have a shower. But the thing is, we navel gaze. We look inward. We look at ourselves when things are tough. Woe is me. Why has this always happened to me? You know? Why does that person get all the miracles all the time? Why is all the goods? Why are they always happy? They always seem to have all the breakthroughs. And look at me. Woe is me. But if we have that prayer, communication with our Heavenly Father in our world, I'm telling you, we're going to be less tempted to navel gaze. When we pray, it actually shifts our focus off of us and onto Him. Prayer shifts our focus. And eventually, when we fix our eyes on Christ instead of us, when we look at Him and His majesty, despite our circumstance, prayer leads to breakthrough. It will lead to breakthrough. Now, I'm not telling you we're in an instant society. Like, okay, pray. It's done now. Sometimes we've got to pray a bit longer. Believe a bit longer. Have faith and trust in Him just a little bit longer. Some people in this room have been waiting years and years for a promise to come to pass. And it still hasn't come. But do they stop leaning in and believing? No. Lean in on your God even more when you're in the valley, when you're in the wilderness and you're waiting for that time of breakthrough to come. Trust in the Lord your God. Don't fall away because the problem is, is we fall away in that journey and and we're removed from the blessing of God on our life because we turn away because we're discouraged. But that's what the enemy uses, this big word discouragement, because he's got no power. He can't make things happen in your world, but he can certainly lead you to discouragement. He can bring you down. He can make you feel so let down. And he leaps in on that. It's his biggest tool, discouragement. I was getting ready. Uh, I was in my early 20s to go to a uh, praise and worship, I guess, concert, you would call it. It wasn't a performance. It was like a there was a group, praise and worship band coming to town to lead a congregation in worship. And I was so pumped because, as you can tell and know, I love my music and my worship and praising God that way. It's a gift God's put on my life. So I was so excited. I woke up the morning of the um, concert. You might remember, do you remember Condi Canuto? The name just came into my head. That's who it was. Anyway, he was, he was really cool. No, obviously, because none of you know him. So, No, just kidding, just kidding. Don't throw things at me. So, anyway, I was getting ready for my concert. And I woke up that morning, and I woke up, who's woken up like this before? Like, like, and it was more, like, I'm not as flexible as I used to be. My head was down like this, and it was stiff. So I obviously slept the wrong way, breeze on the neck, whatever it was throughout the night. I woke up like this and it wasn't budging and it was very painful. 
Now, can you imagine going to a praise and worship concert like this? You know, woo! <laughs> I was really discouraged and disappointed and upset and disillusioned and all the D words uh, that I said before. And the friend that came to pick me up saw me like this and I was basically saying, look, I can't go, not like this. And they said, well, let's just pray. I'm like, okay. So they laid a hand on my neck. Nothing had shifted it. No drugs, no, nothing was working. I was just like this. And they prayed and I felt this heat. Like it was straight away. And literally straight away, (coughs) release. Because we prayed in the name of Jesus. I've experienced the instant healing power of God. So don't tell me that God doesn't heal today. If you believe that, I'm sorry, your doctrine is wrong. God heals just as much today as when he walked the planet. And he can heal you. Maybe someone's encouraged by that word today who's believing for healing for their body. And I'm telling you, our God heals. But see, what happened was we changed the atmosphere. I was, woe is me, poor me, look at me. I can't go to the concert like this. I was in a lot of agony and pain. And that was my focus. The minute we prayed and we shifted our eyes to heaven and I stopped thinking about this and started thinking about him, that's when the miracle came. Prayer is powerful. And it's time to change your atmosphere. And we can do this by filling our world with prayer and leaning in on him and not leaning in on our own navel glazing gate glazing don't glaze your navel that'd be weird Um, anyway the next one have a healthy dissatisfaction it's okay to not be okay we live in this politically correct world where you can't get your feathers ruffled by anything because that makes you a bigot it's okay to not be okay with a situation you know Paul and Silas uh, were followed by this girl Crying out, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Gee, that's annoying because you're trying to walk into a place and minister to people and she's like, and dobbing on them and bringing them out and just being a distraction. And they were fed up with it. It was okay for them to be not okay because then they commanded in the name of Jesus the demon to come out of her and it left her. That only happened. They could have said, oh, well, she's entitled to her opinion. She's allowed to think that and say that and announce that because, you know, we're all free people and we all can say what we... No, it's okay to not be okay. They had had enough. And so they stepped out and they challenged the situation. They probably knew that by casting the demon out it would get them into trouble, but they'd had enough and they knew what was right and they released her in the name of Jesus. It's okay to be a challenger of a situation, if it doesn't line up with godly principles and the word of God, it's okay to not be okay. We're doing a bit of tag teaming today and I'm going to invite Anita to come because we've got some stories we want to share. And so she's going to come now and just share a story about when she, believe it or not, challenged and questioned God. Can you believe Anita ever did that? This angelic saint from heaven sent to be my gorgeous, beautiful wife, uh, challenged God. So tell them about it. Um, I was brought up in a Christian home and I don't think we missed a Sunday, not that I remember anyway, in my entire life. Um, But we'd had something not go well in the church that we'd been in for many years. And so uh, our family decided to go to a different church in town. And it was it was different to what I had been used to and the church I had been in had been a real family. And so this 
new fellowship was was different and I just got to a point I couldn't figure it out anymore I, I, I said what is all this what is these meetings anyway what is this where is God what's it all about I got really confused or in the D word disillusioned and um, to the point that I wasn't willing to just play games and just just sit on a seat because that's what we do and so this one Sunday I sat down we got through the praise and worship but in my heart I was saying I don't think this is for me anymore and I said God if you're real and if you're in this then I need you to show me I need you to speak to me because if you don't I'm picking up my handbag and I'm walking out the door and I will never set foot in church again as long as I live. And I said, and you've got 10 seconds. <laughs> so I started counting. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. Reach for my handbag, 4. The pastor was standing up the front. He was just doing like announcement sort of stuff. And, uh, and he stopped in the middle of what he was saying. And he went, Anita, where are you? Uh, with a handbag in my hand. <laughs> he said, come here. I believe the Lord has a word for you this morning. And uh, I came up front. I tell you, I don't know to this day what he said. It didn't matter. I knew. Okay, you're real. Because <laughs> that pastor's train of thought was on something completely different. He had no idea I was doing a timeline countdown with God and about to exit the building forever. But he was so real and so faithful that I knew, okay, even though I've got questions, even though heaps of stuff doesn't make sense to me at the moment, even though I'm struggling and I don't understand, you are real and I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to stay on this journey because I can't deny you just spoke to me. <laughs> so. It's okay to challenge and it's okay to ask questions. Sometimes we come to church and we think, look, I'm here and, oh, gee, if I ask questions, it's going to look like I'm not full of faith or I'm not a believer. Or I'm not. But if we don't ask questions, we never learn. My dad always taught me, and he wasn't a Christian, but he would always say, uh, there's no silly questions. Only silly answers. Only he'd say stupid, but I can't say stupid in church. I just did. I said it at youth too, didn't I? <laughs> it's okay to ask questions. We're actually doing a series with our youth called Look and See, and we're encouraging questions. Because if they ask questions, not stupid questions, James, where are you? You can tell your mother what questions you ask later. He already told you. Does Jesus like Happy Meals? Seriously. <laughs> It's time to change your atmosphere and we can do this by filling our world with prayer and having a healthy dissatisfaction with where things are at. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to challenge God because he's, don't you think he's big enough to handle the, the concerns and queries and questions that we have? And so ask them. It's when we sit on them that they come back to bite us later and it takes us away from our faith. And the last one. And we're going to go over time today, so you can stop looking at the watch. 
<laughs> Praise. Even in your darkest hour. Paul and Silas are thrown into prison for what they've done. And they could have, they, they got whipped as well. And they could have easily just lost hope, got depressed. All the D words, we won't say them again. But in verse 25, it tells us at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. As I said earlier, we had an incredible worship night here on Thursday night and it led to all of how today's panned out. And we have just a great team that came and despite how they were feeling, pressed in. And we had such a great night on Thursday night singing these great choruses and everyone was experiencing different challenges. I mean, Sue, we know about Sue and her family you know, and her mum. There's been a good news story, though, with your mum since, so um, that's good. They've, have they found what it is? Yeah, no, so... No cancer, so that's... Okay, well, no cancer, that's a bonus, but the, the point for surgery, and that was to go in, find out what's going on, fix it, come out. Uh, but anyway, she's come out better, so the, the answers will continue to come. And, and Sue's son going through treatment for cancer and chemo, and, you know, no parent wants to see their child go through that. But Sue still came on Thursday night. I'm, I'm not big-heading anyone. I'm talking about all of them. But Sue, Sue still came and, and pressed in and worshipped like none of that mattered because God was on the throne. Um, you may not know, but Frenny came and Steve had been away for a, a period of time to attend a funeral. And so Frenny had a go at being single mum. She's got a mum here. But still, we need our husbands, right? I'm out Wives, husband, you get what I'm talking about. Don't think I'm weird or anything. Uh, and, um, and, and so it was tough. She had moments where she cried. She had moments where she felt broken because it's just hard work juggling two kids and dad, dad who's normally there isn't there. And But she came Thursday night, kid-free. <laughs> but had a really great time worshipping God. I'm just being real today, I'm telling you. like We're very real people. We're not these warriors that, you know, nothing bad happens to us and so because we're on the pulpit and we're doing our thing. You know, we've had a bit of a week of it. Anita and I, and, and we were here. Anita was in a lot of pain and um, she's going to tell you about that soon. But, you know, she was in a car accident earlier in the year and then having to keep, we have a cleaning business that so she's cleaning and in the midst of that pain just ebbs and flows and she just had a week of it. Like, so much pain. And on Saturday... Um, yesterday, there was a bond clean coming up um, that her and Marion did together, and we were just at Thursday thinking, "How is that going to happen the way you are now?" Like, and we were just, we were over it. <laughs> That's the easiest way to say it, isn't it? We were just tired of it. And, but Anita and I still came here, and we pressed in, and we praised, and and um, you know, I'm still. I, I had a car accident in 2014. Most of you that call this church home know I had that. Uh, if you didn't know, I did, and it was high speed, and praise God, I'm here, because 100k an hour impact you don't usually walk away from. And uh, and so I was in pain, you know, my shoulders and back and neck to this day still have challenges, and there's not a day goes by I don't trust the Lord for my healing, but I just walk through it, and, and I do what I do because I love God. But I was here, you know, leading the practice despite how I felt, and we just had this incredible encounter 
with God as we worshipped. And the joy that filled the room and the release from all those burdens and things. I, I trust you've felt that today as you've worshipped Jesus, that whatever it is you're facing kind of gets smaller. You know, the old hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, the things of earth grow strangely dim, like, like your eyes are going bad, you can't see him anymore, because you're seeing the light of Christ in your life. Despite your challenges, I want to trust you today, before we close, let go of whatever it is that's bringing you down. Leave this place different from when you came in because we need to shift the atmosphere in our world. It's time to change your atmosphere and we can do that by filling our world with prayer. If you've lacked in your prayer conversation with God lately, start it up again. I'm not telling you you've got to lock yourself in your closet for four hours a day. It's dusty in there anyway. Uh, but just start. Start your, instead of good God, it's morning. Just say good morning, God. And just have a conversation. It's okay to have a healthy dissatisfaction because that helps you shift the atmosphere to you. Don't be satisfied with where things are at. K, sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be. No, we don't have to accept that. We don't have to just go along with the motions. We can actually have a healthy dissatisfaction with where things are at. And the last thing we can do is praise God even in your darkest hour when things don't look good, when, when, when things are looking as bad as they ever have. Continue to praise because you can still see breakthrough. And to believe that, you've got to have faith. You've got to trust that God's at work. Now, here's the cool thing. This is my favorite part of the whole message today, and it's why we're going late. I didn't want to rush and miss it because this is going to set you free. You ready for it? I've set it up now. Better be good. Jeez. Here's the cool thing. When it comes to experiencing this breakthrough in your life, you know, here I am encouraging you, fill your world with prayer, have a healthy dissatisfaction, praise in your darkest hour. All these things are essential parts to shifting the atmosphere in your world. But you know what? In the midst of your darkest hour, doing those things can seem hard, overwhelming perhaps. How can I do all of that when I have such grief? You know, especially when it all just seems too hard, doing, doing that seems too hard. Well, well, sometimes we feel like I've got some pretty cool pictures. There you go, kids. Look at that. Sometimes we feel like that sheep and a big bad wolf is coming, right? To eat the sheep because he's hungry and he represents everything that's evil in the world and bad and all the bad stuff that can happen to you that is happening to you, that's the wolf. And we feel like that sheep a little bit timid, a little bit scared, a little bit overwhelmed perhaps. And what am I going to do about this situation? Now, unfortunately, a lot of us at times respond like this. And we think we can take the wolf on. <laughs> we think that we're the boss. And you know what? I ain't afraid of the big bad wolf. Come here, I'm going to smack you in the face. But is that how a sheep is cared for? Is that what the sheep's meant to do? Not unless he wants to be lamb chops. We all know that this isn't going to pan out well, right? Because there really is a, a big bad wolf. There really is. It's called Satan. And, and, and the cool thing is, when the wolf comes, if you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour, you have a protector. And I don't care how grisly his teeth look, how fierce his eyeballs are, and how perfectly positioned the whiskers on his nose. I don't care. Because I've got a shepherd 
I've got a shepherd, a mighty shepherd. It don't matter how many wolves come. Because he's got the shepherd's crook and he's got some ninja moves that he's going to watch out on the wolf. And the wolf is going to run. And it's not because of anything I've done as a sheep, because sheeps are bleh. <laughs> sheeps don't do anything. They eat grass, they poo, they provide wool. What else do they do? There is, is, Carol, is Carol here today? Oh, praise the Lord. I'd be offending her big time. Oh, no, she's there. Oh, sheep make great pets. Sorry, Carol. Sorry, Carol. But they are defenseless. Like, if your sheep didn't have you, would they be alive? Probably not. Probably not. See, there's this great scripture, and, and you're all familiar with it, but let's not be familiar. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I don't need anything because I am looked after by the shepherd. I can relax and eat my grass and chill and sunbake. And even though the big bad wolves are circling around my pen, ready to pounce over the fence at any time, I've got a shepherd who's got a crook and he's got some mad ninja moves and he's going to take out any wolf that comes near me because I'm under the protection of the Most High God. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. I get to eat the best food, not dusty, dry, whatever drought, whatever grass, but the best green pastures. And he leads me beside still waters, not tsunamis and crazy waves and chaos, but a peaceful place, still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He takes me the right way. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the deepest, darkest moments in your life, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, and your rod, there it is, and your staff smacketh thine wolves in the head. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I told you this would be the best part of the message, and here's why. You don't need to do anything. Just be a sheep that trusts in their shepherd. And he'll bring his rod of protection over your life. And I'm not denouncing everything I've just preached. Yes, you need to pray. Yes, you need to have a healthy dissatisfaction. Yes, we need to praise. But it's not about what we do. It's everything that he does for us on our behalf. Find yourself under the shadow of the Almighty. You know, our family, in particular Anita's, We've experienced the grace and mercy of God this week in such a wonderful way. I told you on Thursday night the pain that she was in. And I told you on Saturday there was this crazy bomb clean action going on. So I'm going to invite Anita to come as we as we start to wrap up. And I don't know what God wants to do, but sweetheart, just lead us to wherever we will go. But Anita has an incredible testimony she wants to share. So Friday... Uh... I was super discouraged because I felt like I had nothing left to give for anyone or anything, any situation, just completely spent, um, exhausted and in so much pain. My hands were numb and tingling with pain firing up my arms 
to hold a handbrush was almost impossible. A toothbrush, forget it. And um, I was supposed to be scrubbing and cleaning the next day. And and I, I sort of said, going to bed Friday night, well, Lord, if you don't do something, this is not happening. There is no chance, there's no possible way that I can work tomorrow. Um, and I got up in the morning and I was even worse, just in so much pain, couldn't feel my, my arms, but as in they were tingling, but at the same time there was pain in all my muscles, every part of me ached. And I said to Jeremy, can you pray for me? And he's like, sure. He just prayed a simple prayer, laid hands on me, prayed a simple prayer. And then I got dressed and went to work and I kind of just didn't think anything more about it because if God didn't do something, there was no other option. Um, so I just went to work and working with Marion and she's like, oh, by the way, how are you, like, how are you feeling? And I was like, oh, well, I don't have pain anywhere in my body, like nowhere. I was like, I'm feeling great. <laughs> and that whole thing of wasn't how much I trusted him. It was the fact that he was all I needed. And it's not our ability to please him or, you know, put enough faith out there. It's actually just about him. And when our focus shifts from whatever is in front of us to just going, oh, I give up. You know, can you imagine the sheep trying to defend itself against the wolf? How much of a problem that would be to the shepherd who's trying to defend the sheep? Like, stay behind me and let me do. But every time you come out, then I've got more issues, right? But if the sheep is behind the shepherd, the shepherd can do his thing. And sometimes I think we try and get that... I've got to do enough, I've got to pray enough, I've got to be a good enough Christian, I've got to have enough faith. But can you just not worry about you and let your shepherd do his thing? Because he is enough, more than enough. And um, it's, it's wonderful to be free of pain, not because I had anything that I did, but I do have a God that is so much bigger than anything else I could ever face that I can relax like Jeremy said the green pastures the still waters that's what he has for us and sometimes it's taking all of our turbulent stuff and just actually surrendering and handing over and saying I can't and I think when we say I can't God says finally (laughs) because he can And Paul and Silas in that prison, what do you do when you're beaten badly, when you're bruised and you're broken and you they just had that moment of just turning their eyes to the one who can. It wasn't that they were superheroes, but they certainly had a super God who can find them even in a dark dungeon prison, who can reach them no matter what's going on in their world. 
who can shake off their bonds and set them free and say, I am still the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the God on the throne. So when we praise, it it makes us look at Him and He is altogether wonderful. You know, we were singing, when I look into your holiness and I gaze into your loveliness, the things that surround become shadows. We remember not how strong we are, but how strong he is. Changes everything. Changes everything. So why don't we just stand and worship the Lord again and just enter his presence. If you've got areas in your life that you need to let the shepherd defend you, protect you, provide for you, bring healing, wholeness, health, life, change. This is the moment to let go. Say, I can't, but you can. And I'm going to praise you. I'm going to put my eyes on you. I'm going to believe that you are enough, more than enough. I really want to sing this song as an anthem as we finish today. Jesus over everything. Sing with us. He came from glory, took on flesh to save the lost. Grace and mercy displayed upon the cross. Our redemption is the hope for all mankind. One name over everything. One name.
pray for you before we close this morning. If you need God to shift something in your world in this moment right now, lift up your hands to heaven. Holy Spirit is here. And Lord, I just believe for every person now with their hands raised, with their hearts lifted to heaven in this moment, with their eyes fixed on you, Jesus, God, that something would shift in the atmosphere over their life over the situation that they're facing, the challenges that they're in the midst of. God, something would shift even in this moment as we unite our faith. We believe, God, that you are moving, that you are active, you are alive, and you are making change, and you are bringing victory in every situation, in every circumstance. Lord, healing of sickness, restoring of relationships, breakthrough in people's lives. We believe for it today for something to shift in the atmosphere over each and every person, I pray. I commit them all to you by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you sent to be our carer, our helper, our friend. Lead us and guide us, care for us and make a way for us, I pray. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, can we finish with an almighty praise? Give him praise. God is good. Grab a seat because we've reversed everything and it's all different. (laughs) I'm going to take these off or I can't see you. Oh, there you are. What an attractive church we have. Can we go back to the PowerPoint, Elijah? That'd be great. There's the shepherd. Aren't you glad you've got a shepherd? With a ninja crook. (laughs) It's time to change your atmosphere. Uh, If you're new and visiting us today, the easiest way to connect with us is at our website, vineyardcc.org, and it looks like this on your tablet or your computer. Uh, Or if you're on a phone and you want to look us up, it looks like that. You just click on I'm New and you can connect with us with a simple form there and give us your details. We'd love to connect with you and help you become part of this amazing family of God that we have here in Stanthorpe. Uh, if you're visiting today, there's never any compulsion with giving, but those are the giving details. And and uh, God bless those that have so far given towards our heating uh, uh, fund. <laughs> One of our air conditioners blew up and we've replaced it. And uh, so, But God bless all of you. You're all so generous. We have such a generous church here in Stanthorpe. And so uh, these details are also on the giving box. If you want to give in person today, you can do it that way. Um, so that's cool. We've got some great um, movies that are going to be shown soon. And there are cards floating around somewhere. in the I think they ended up out on the information table in the foyer. Uh, invite people. Give them the card. So look just like this. It's got the address. It's got the time. Four o'clock on Saturdays. 27th of August is our first one. Uh, but they're all incredible movies. So come and we'd love to just be 
joining together for just some faith-filled, I guess, movie watching. And we'll be encouraged and we can have fellowship together around that. But we want people from the community. So just invite people to come. Put them in the people's letterboxes and you never know who might show up. Uh, we're all going to Clifton. Those of you that are part of our church know that we support the church in Clifton, uh, the ACC church there. And so we're going on the last Sunday of August, which is coming up soon. And uh, we're going to run their service, do their worship, and just have an awesome time together. So you're welcome to join us. It's in the afternoon at 2 o'clock. So we do church here. We hit the road. We go and be a blessing to the community of Clifton. It's not far. Short hour and 15 minutes, and we'll be there. So that's cool. Father's Day. Oh, look at those burgers. Now, I'm going to be honest, because we're real in this church. But our resident chef, Javita, came to me before the service this morning. And we talked about what we'd do for Father's Day. And she said, how about we do chicken? I know. There's, there's a groan. There was meant to be a groan there, like a whoa. Oh, no. Men, do we need beef? Yes. Sorry, Javita. So we're going to do a mixture, okay? We'll do, we'll do some chicken, some beef. Is that all right? We'll have gluten-free bread options and we'll, we'll keep the, the beef gluten-free as well. Um, gluten-free beef. Well, you use flour sometimes to pre... Javita's onto it. She knows. But come, we're going to have a big burger bar. So you're just going to serve yourself. We'll have the bread roll, the meat patty or the chicken. Uh, and then tomato, whatever. All the condiments and things. And it'll be fun. And we'll have a gift for every dad. And we just always make Father's Day fun. So make sure you're, you're here for an awesome Father's Day. That would be good. It's the first Sunday in September. And... Um, that might be it. The end. That's a bit weird having it at the end. But before we end, I also want to honour people. So yesterday, um, who noticed the gardens as you walked in today? The, 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 the response is everyone's hand should be up. Quick. Everyone's hands up. Wasn't it amazing? So we had a great troop of people here yesterday. I'm going to get in trouble for starting to name people, and they don't want to be named, but I'll try. So Lyle and Helen were here. Uh, Phil was here. Colin was here. Ian was here. Uh, 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 Janine was here, and um, and and Carol was here, and someone. I said Phil already. I said Phil. Did you come here? Jacqueline was here. I didn't. Sorry, I didn't get to see you when I popped in a few times. Uh, have I missed anyone, Lyle, Helen? Help me. No, I've done pretty well. It's everyone. I just want to honour them because they've come here and done what I guess Anita and I. Like Anita was doing a bond clean. I've already explained I was in a car accident. I can't do stuff like that. If I do, I wouldn't be here today doing what I'm doing today. So it blesses us when people step up and, and do what they feel that they can contribute to the house of God. It was hard work. It's hard yakka what they did. They moved all the logs and twigs and things that were left over and made that clean and tidy. They did the gardening here. I think even at the side here where a tree had fallen down, they'd taken that out. They did an immense amount of work. So can we just honour them and thank them with a huge clap today? Sue was here. I'm looking down. I knew I, there was one more. Sue was here as well. Was Joel here? Was Joel here? Only today. Uh, only today. Okay, that's all right then. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> this is bad when you start naming people because then you're like, you're going to miss one person. But I don't know. Anyway, God bless you all and thank you for helping us make God's house look awesome. So we really appreciate uh, what you guys did. Let's have tea and coffee. We've prayed. We've finished. Did you like having church back to front? Yes. Might do that more often. We'll see. We'll see.
switch it up. You, who knows what will happen next week? You might have the chairs hanging from the roof. I don't know. We'll just change it up somehow. Be blessed. Have coffee, fellowship, and have an awesome week.